Some men do say King Arthur is not dead, but by the will of our Lord Jesus sleeps, yet to awake, deathless and reassure us. And therefore is it that grave where he is laid, this legend hath that still his kingdom keeps. I'm Jerry McGreer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Still His Kingdom Keeps, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the hit BBC, BBC show, Merlin. Mm. We're back in season one uh, covering wizards and uh, their families and their polycules. Uh, we're, mm. It's nice to be back in the Merlin seat. Chris, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, feeling great. I uh, want to say thank you to our patrons. We've had some some new patrons trickling in over the last month or two, and I just want to say thank you. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash monster of the week to um, help to support the show directly. We are a uh, listener supported show, Chris. Doesn't that sound fancy when we say that? Like we're like it does sound NPR or something. Fancy. And we are a listener supported show. We are. Yeah, there's there's no ads, there's no uh, well we did one ad like a million years ago, but and we got some and we got some hot loot out of it, but we didn't get any yeah, cash. We got, it was it was fun and cheeky. <laughs> yeah. Um someone said that now that we've finished the show, we should go back to that trivia card game and and play it yeah. for real. Uh, we we might do that one day. That's a different show though. Anyway, here we're talking about Merlin. Show. Uh, so yeah, thank you to the people that do that. Chris, mm. it's Merlin. Let's tell me what's been happening, my man. Oh, we're doing Merlin. Okay. Hold on. Give me a second. Um, <laughs> no last. Okay. Last time on Merlin, uh, when the wraith of Arthur's uncle is summoned from the dead by Nimue, it once again falls to our young wizard to save the day. Merlin seeks out the dragon to help him forge a sword strong enough to defeat the dead. Cautioned that the blade is for use by Arthur and Arthur alone. But when the day of battle comes, it is Uther, not Arthur, who wields the sword against the wraith. And although the foe is slain and the sword discarded in a lake, it is unlikely that we've seen the last of this particular sword's lore. What's more, we finally learn the secret of Arthur's birth. Nimue used magic to give Uther a child, but it cost him his beloved wife in the process, fueling decades of hatred. That's true. 
today we are covering season one, episode 10 of Merlin called The Moment of Truth. This was written by Ben Vanstone and directed by David Moore and aired on November 22nd, 2008. After Merlin's village is attacked by a fearsome raider, he rushes home to help and is surprised when Arthur, Gwen, and Morgana insist on tagging along. With the odds stacked firmly against them and with dozens of lives at stake, Merlin's old friend William forces him to make a difficult choice. Is he prepared to use magic to save the village and in doing so reveal his sorcery to Arthur? No sweat. No sweat, gang. Uh, just a couple of things just to get out of the way. There are two Game of Thrones character crossovers in this that I like. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the big one is Merlin's friend uh, William, a.k.a. Billiam, a.k.a. Billy the Kid, as, which is what I was calling him this entire time. I'm sorry. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I never did that. I just called him Will, which is crazy. But that's <laughs> Wild that you only called him by the character that he is called I at night in the show. <laughs> Um, he played Gendry in Game of Thrones, who people might remember as one of Robert Baratheon's bastards. And then, um, the character of the main fearsome raider, or as I like to call them, brigands, uh, Uh it was, uh, one of the Dornish dudes. He was one of the Dornish family, which was kind of cool. So neat. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, well, we start off here with some brigands as they are so aptly called. Yes. Uh, some brigands are, they're raiding a village and, and they're here. They're not just, you know, uh, slashing and looting, but they, they're here, they're searching for something or someone. Um, and we, we sh- shortly, we find out that um, they are looking for like uh, their food supplies. Yes. They're basically coming to this, this village. And at first I thought this was some sort of like unfair taxation situation, but no, these guys definitely just seem like brigands. It's really weird to me because uh, I had the same thought because the main brigand dude who goes by um, Kanan um, is unmasked, uh, but while all of his brigand buddies have like weird funky Zorro mask on, it's really weird. They have brigand outfits on. Yeah, yes. they, yeah. It's it's it's, but it's like brigand outfits with like an un like an unmatched eye patch situation. It's like they yeah. all went to there's a, a little mask- bit of there's a little bit of musketeer kind of dashed in there. Yeah, yeah. Like they all went to a masquerade ball and then we're like, oh shit, we gotta mm-hmm. go raid this village. We'll be right back. But forgot yeah. to take their mas- masquerades. But yeah, they're off. they're they're um bleeding this this village dry for their food. Yep. Now the the villagers are complaining that they've been holding the food back or, or they've only been holding back as much back as they need to live. Like they are stretched to the bare minimum. Correct. Yeah, they they so they and they know if without this food they die. It's going to be a harsh winter. Um, we see Hunith, who we met before uh, as Merlin's mother, uh, rush over to kind of like get into the middle of this, and uh, our main bad guy Kanan just smacks her in the face, uh, mm-hmm. and it looks like he's about to kill another dude. Uh, this dude Matthew, who is I guess the f- main food guy in this village. Like they keep he going seems, to this I was one like, dude. Is he the village head? Yeah, yeah. He like, does, they don't he really seems explain. Like he's sort of like in the middle of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then they warn the villagers that they have a week and then they're going to come get the rest of their food. And I'm like, they kill a guy. They kill a guy. They kill a dude. Yeah. Which is bad. They shoot him with an arrow yes. and he dies. <laughs> it's miserable. Uh, Hunith runs to Camelot uh, and meets up with Merlin. who is, of course very concerned mm-hmm. about the mark on her face. Uh, and Merlin gets her an audience with the King. We're going to find out later. This was a, a favor from Arthur, which I think is very sweet. Uh, mm-hmm. And she begs the King Uther for help. But Uther is very reluctant to help because not only is this in a different territory, it's in a territory that he has a peace agreement with. So if Camelot forces enter this territory, it could be seen as an act of aggression. Whereas this other king on the other side uh, doesn't give a fuck about this village, has no cares or concerns. Um, This this makes sense. Um, This is the only kind of like... um 
bullshit that I will accept from Uther, where he's like, well, I don't want to start a war. Yeah. But it also, like, what Arthur eventually decides to do just seems like, like the logical conclusion. It didn't have to be um, two servants and the ward of the king going. Yeah. <laughs> like, it could have been, like, a handful of soldiers not wearing their colors and armor, like, going to, you know, deal with the situation 100%. real quick. Like, I just, I just feel like it would have been a little bit simpler than they made it out to be. This is one of the frustrating things about Merlin, and I've talked about this quite a bit, is that you you, you lose like any uh, some you lose some of the character development from previous episodes. Like in the last episode, we saw Uther have this moment with Merlin saying, "You know, you're very loyal to my son. Thank you, for, and, and and keep care of him." And then like 20 minutes later, Merlin's like, "Hey, my mom, my whole family is dying," and, he, and Uther's like, "Sorry, man, they're in a different county. Can't help you." <laughs> Like, I don't yeah. know what to tell you, dog. Yeah. Um, which is kind of frustrating because it's so, it would be kind of simple. And I, and I understand, like, this is the basis of the show, right? Like, this, they wanted this, right. it's these, they wanted the numbers to be lopsided and they wanted the villagers to fight back and all this other stuff. But I couldn't escape this out of my mind of just like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to send Arthur. You could just send, like, 10 strong dudes or send, yeah. like, like 10 strong guys. They take off their capes. Nobody's any of the wiser and you're good to go. Or send Gaius and just let Gaius just pretend that he doesn't see them die. He's really good at that. We've known, we've known that He's from very Gaius. good at that. He's very good at that. Um, but yeah, so he, you know, they don't, they can't really do anything. And later we see Merlin and Arthur like talking up on the parapet, looking out at the, at the streets below. Obviously Merlin has decided he needs to go back with his mother and try to help. Um, and and Arthur gets a little wistful here. We don't usually hear him saying this kind of stuff, but he says that he, you know, if he could help, he'd already be on his way. But then he says he wishes they could help people no matter how far away they were. Um, and it's this sort of like I don't know, dreaming version of Arthur that again we don't really hear too much of. He's he has these these grand ideas of would wouldn't it be nice if we could do these kinds of things, um, and it makes you. Or I would think it would make Merlin hopeful for the type of king that that Arthur will someday be, but um, yeah, Merlin tells Arthur that he's gonna go back. He's gonna help his mom, um, and Arthur's like, okay, yep, I'll see you when you get back. And Merlin's like, I don't think I'm coming back, bro. Um, so they they sort of have this like goodbye here almost, um, where Arthur kind of gives Merlin a hard time for a minute, but then he ends up ends up wishing Merlin like a, a genuine good luck. And this is this is really nice. Um, I, I like this scene a whole lot. I used it for part of the video for Merlene. Um, it's I, I, the kind of jokey, you, you know. All I can say is you've been really terrible, just really, really a really bad servant. And Merlin's <laughs> smile of like, you know, thank you, sire. I know, I know you mean that. We talk a lot about the relationships that the parts of these this relationships that we don't really see but that feels so lived in that it just like feels like it has to be there, even if we can't see it. And it's, and this is one of those to me of this, this real casual, but also very meaningful relationship between Arthur and uh, yeah. Merlin. Uh, Arthur goes to Gwyn. Uh, Gwyn's helping him pack up and then gives him an enormous sword, which Merlin calls very sorty, uh, which I thought was very cute. Um, she's also packing armor for him. And he's like, Hey, there's no way I can't carry a sword and armor at the same time. I've got little spindly <laughs> arms. Like I'm not like, this is a long trip. I'm Gwen. not built for this. Yeah. I know. I know you've heard me say I'm built different before, but this isn't yeah. what I meant. Well, I, I meant, I meant I'm, built, I'm built different than Arthur. <laughs> That's what I was talking yeah. about when I was, when, when I made that joke. Um, and this is where Morgana shows up in uh, not like a Royal court, court dress, but in a kick-ass, like ready to fucking do some dirty business outfit uh, and says that Gwen and her are going to accompany him. 
They're, uh, she's in her full full range of motion gear. Yes, yeah. She's in her she's in her high kick trousers, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is like her workout gear. Yeah. <laughs> Gwen is always like, "You are really layered up for working out," but okay, <laughs> but whatever. I just understand that you're kind of a diva when it comes to your clothes. And uh, there goes Morgana scribbling down diva. What does diva mean? Yeah. What does diva mean? Uh, but they're yeah, they're all uh, Morgana and Gwen have already decided that they're going with Merlin, which is really sweet because. Merlin doesn't have a lot of friends. He doesn't talk to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and him and Gwen seem like they are absolutely on the same level. I mean, they're both servants. They are both of the same class, effectively. Um, they both play similar roles. Just one of them has magic and the other doesn't. They both um, get paid similar amounts, which seems to be zero dollars. <laughs> zero dollars is what they get paid. And, um, and horses and, when you need them <laughs> is the, is the yeah. pay scale. <laughs> so you can, I could totally see Gwen kind of coming to back Merlin up but it's very cool that you know through his everything that's happened that even Morgana is on his side and of course Arthur would be there too if he could and you know we're gonna see him soon um but I just really like this moment of of clear friendship they get nothing out of this other than just helping Merlin and, and helping his his mother and, and the village <clears throat> sorry you caught me in the middle of a yawn there I wasn't I wasn't bored I just didn't have enough coffee you today. just you just got up <laughs> Just got a little choked up just, thinking about the friendship. Just took a little, just took a little nappy nap right in the middle you know, of your conversation. He's just been through so much, and it's just so nice to see him appreciated. Uh, um, Gaius tells him not to get too drunk, and then kicks him out. They give him a big hug. They yeah. they set yeah, off. He gives a- him a hug, gives him some food, and mm-hmm. yeah, now the the trio sets off into the woods with Merlin's mother. Um, we're moving things along quickly, which is good because there's a lot of action. There's a lot of action towards the end. Um, uh, Merlin's mom is concerned that they'll find out that Merlin can do magic. And Merlin's like, they'll never find out. I am super good at hiding it. And she's like, cool, okay, fine. And she lays down and he immediately does a magic spell full of sparks. <laughs> yeah, it's like, for all, like, like Gwen and Morgana are seemingly asleep, like just over there. Just right there. Anyone yeah. could just glance over and see the dragon of light that you've created in the sky. I got a new charger for Autumn because um, she has has a work phone and her personal phone and her watch and her iPad. So I got one of these like multiple device chargers and it just means that her phone like instead of laying on the on the on the nightstand like sits up at an angle. And uh the other day she forgot to put it into like sleep mode or whatever. So it like every time she would get a notification it would brighten the entire bedroom oh, no. and it didn't bother me at that's all. That's Merlin right now. But that's that's what I wanted to say like it woke her up. Like she was like, like she she kind of blinked awake and she was like what is that and like the confusion just brought her and I'm like this is Merlin's like doing a fireworks show in the middle of the fucking night. Like this is ridiculous. Like what are you doing? We just see like a very he's he's sitting there smirking looking over his shoulder that suddenly he just gets whacked over the fucking head by his mother who's like you're joking right <laughs> I just this is a fucking joke this is why I kicked you out of the village I thought you would have more sense when you were in town <laughs> suddenly we have to reevaluate the situation we thought that he was being sent for training because she no, had a deep concern no, it's for him he's a fuck she was up. absolutely sick of his shit she's like you know what I gave you the benefit of the doubt when you when you got me the hearing with the king I thought maybe he's changed maybe he's matured well clearly I was wrong go back to the kingdom we don't need your help me and the ladies will take care of this um later that night merlin uh wakes up and he hears a noise so he grabs his sword uh almost cutting off his entire nose in the process uh and he spins around wildly looking for the sound uh and then eventually he feels a sword behind him and surprise it's arthur uh merlin whirls Whoa. around almost killing arthur which would end the entire series in a real grisly fashion yeah. if you ask me um arthur has a really good line here that says i would ask you for money but i know you don't have it and i'm like you pay it you're his <laughs> boss that's a bad joke 
That's a jet. Not to not to Arthur. It's not. <laughs> he takes he takes great pride in not paying Merlin anything. I bet he pays the other servants. I bet these they've worked something out. I he bet and Gwen is actually getting paid. That's what we don't know. Chris, I bet. And then Merlin's like, "Hey, it's tough working for free, right?" And Gwen's like, "I mean, we don't make a lot, but you know, I'm able to you know treat myself every once in a while." He's like, "What do you mean?" I bet. Uh, Tri- I, I bet Arthur pays all of the other servants in front of Merlin. <laughs> Just like, yeah. like Merlin, come here while he just doles out paycheck after paycheck and gold coins after gold coins. And Merlin's like, what is this? And he's like, yeah, don't worry about yeah. it. Just just stand there and watch. You'll figure it out eventually. He's just always looking out with a bemused smile. Like, what is, hmm, uh, I, what are you giving those? What are you, is that lunch? Are you giving them snacks? What are you handing them, Arthur? <laughs> um, we cut to the morning time where the, um, uh, the brigands are raiding the village again. Um, they're uh, looking for food. This time, Matthew, the food guy, uh, it was trying to hide it all in a cellar. Uh, but one of the brigands sees the dude putting some hay over it. So like rushes over there. Um, there's this really funny scene. And like Kanan is going on this long rant about you better not be hiding food. If I catch you hiding food, I'm going to kill you in this entire village. And if I catch you hiding food. I'm going to eat it in front of I'm you. I'm going to eat it directly in front of you. Like Arthur does Merlin. And Matthew's like, who and who? What? I don't know those people. I don't know those characters. Shut up, Matthew. If you know it's good for you. <laughs> Shut up. I'm going to be on Game of Thrones. I'm better than all of you. I'm better than all of you. I love this guy's face. Oh, it's great. He's got such a good. Yeah. They gave him sweet scar. Oh, he's dude, just got a so dope, dope face. He's, he's, he's got a brigand face, dog. Like it's awesome. Whatever, yeah, he's got the perfect brigand face. Whatever he's doing with that face is working. Um, but there's a scene where one of the the lesser brigand discovers the cellar, and it's just full of like bags, like it's like nondescript bags or whatever. And then he turns around to Kanane and like holds two of the bags up, but like yeah, and Kanane just turns around and was like, "Gotcha, motherfucker!" Yeah, <laughs> I just find it very yeah, funny. Um... Well, little do they know those are bags of sand. Yeah, there's just total sand. Floods. Um, um, and this is when uh, Kanan is going to kill Matthew, uh, and Arthur shows up, and it's time for a big fight. Uh, big old-fashioned fight. Big old-fashioned fight. They Merlin draws a sword. He's almost killed. Uh, he's pressed against the wall when he has to. Uh, he uses his magic to like heat up the brigand's sword. Uh, in the background, Gendry is watching. Or excuse me, uh, William is watching. And um, and Merlin is able to uh, uh, presumably kill this dude. Like Br- Merlin's body count increases that's, that's, by the by the week. Body count increases quite rapidly in this episode. Yeah, yeah he kills this guy. He kills. He slits his belly open. Let's presume. Um, um, Arthur, meanwhile, is fighting Kanan Kanane one on one. Kanan, I think it's Kanan. I don't know. You know, I'm going to get it wrong, Chris. Like now, I'm in my head about it. The other day, I was recording. Just don't say it. Just say brigand leader. The other day, I was recording my other podcast about X Men, and I could not stop calling um, Cyclops Colossus. Like I, it, um, I was doing it unconsciously so much. Gary had to yell at me to make me stop, and it was it was Wolverine. It, I, me and my my guy Wolverine. Wolverine, by, yeah, it's just mm, not played good. Played by Lagan, or you know, his real identity is Lagan. He's Wolverine. Oh yeah, I'm gonna stop because I don't even know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, so Kanan and his men, after a couple bodies drop, um, because uh, Morgana and uh, Gwen and Arthur are obviously fighting there as well. Um, she murders a man. I, I wrote down Morgana because she gets a high body count in this episode. She cuts, she kills a man. Um, uh, you know, Arthur, I don't really pay too much attention to his body count because he's the one who's out there fighting all the time. If he's not killing people, then he's not doing his job. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but Morgana's job is to seemingly hang out. 
Um, so anything that she murders definitely sticks out as huge. Yes. And um, Merlin's job is to like you know the wipe horses bums. Yeah. So again, mm-hmm. murders on his his part definitely stand out. Um, but Kanan and his men they they ride off and and they come back or they swear that they'll come back and and the village will will all, they'll all pay they'll pay with their lives. Uh, Merlin and Will uh, have like a very brief reunion and Will kind of chides him a little bit like I heard you were some prince's lackey and he's like absolutely not I'm my own man and Arthur is like Merlin go 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 wipe the horses bums like there's a bunch of there's a bunch of shitty bums out here and we got to get all that clean and so Merlin goes to wipe the bums. Um, the biggest thing here is that we we learn that Will is uh in on merlin's secret about magic uh which this makes me very uneasy it made me very uneasy the first time i watched this episode and rewatching it now i'm like where is this going to turn where is this going to go bad because somebody knowing your secret is always bad and i think i don't know if it's just sort of my preconceptions about what i think it's going to be but i do think this episode does a, a decent job of making things feel very uncertain um, because Will is at odds with Arthur, of course, so you never quite know, or at least I never quite felt like I knew what his motivations were going to be and if he might pose a threat to Merlin. Yeah, and it and it does a good job with his motivations. Like we we kind of peel back some layers on William a little bit because um, it's there's the obvious thing and then there's the not so obvious thing and then there's like the jealousy thing. Like there's a bunch of stuff in, that, that that goes into a character that unfortunately dies at the end of this episode. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> um. Arthur gives a speech to the townspeople or begins to give a speech to the town or the villagers and says like, Hey, I know this type. Um, they're going to leave. They're going to eat all the food they stole. And then they're going to want more food and they will come back for your food. And then they will kill all of you. Uh, and William young will kind of breaks in and is like, Hey, who the, who the fuck are you? Like mm-hmm. you, you want us to stand up to these people? Like we're villagers. We can't fight. Like we, the only thing that you want is the battle and the glory. Like we're just going to die. Like we should just give them all of the food we can and try to figure out another solution. Like we should leave the village. And of course this is like, I think everyone. And I think when you watch the show, you're like, this is the coward's way out. But also it's not a bad plan. Like just leave a basket of food and then just ghost the village for a while. Right. Like they don't want to yeah. live in the village, obviously like this, just don't be there when they come back. Like it's not a long-term solution, but Hey, maybe poison the food. I don't know. Like, it's, like there's an argument to be made that the villagers aren't really in fighting shape for this whole time. So yeah. When they present the argument, it's, uh, you know, in opposition to Arthur, it is in opposition to what seems the noble, brave thing to do. And fiction tells us that that's what we should be rooting for. Um, but as we come to see throughout the episode, the things are kind of dire here. And um, if it weren't for a little bit of magic and, and some serious training on behalf of every person in the village, they would have had no chance whatsoever. So while Will might seem like a coward, he also is sort of justified in in his plan and it would certainly buy them time if they didn't have you know um extra help here um and and we get some more shading uh, of this because the villagers all want to follow arthur but will leaves and merlin follows and confronts him and says you know i know he may come off as arrogant and pompous but he genuinely wants to help like even i like thought that he was just an ass but i came to respect him and will bristles at this and says you know he says something you know he's just nobility he just wants the fame and uh, Merlin says, hey, don't bring what happened to your father into this. Like, that doesn't have anything to do with the situation. And we don't know what that is yet. Um, but obviously, it's coloring William's mm. uh, thoughts. I don't know why I keep calling him William. He's just called Will. <laughs> like, I don't know where it's called Will. Doesn't Merlin matter. calls him William once. Villagers can't afford, like, a two-syllable name. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just not allowed. <laughs> it's not allowed in this country. 
But uh, but when, at this point, Merlin says, you know, I trust Arthur with my life. Um, and Will throws that back at him. He's like, oh, so he knows your secret then. And, of course, Arthur does not know Merlin's secret. So um, Will continues that saying, you know, you're just you're, you're just his servant. You might think he's your friend, but you're just his servant. Yeah. Um, that night, Arthur and Merlin make the extremely questionable decision to sleep head to toe. I've never understood mm. when dudes do this. Like, I've never, never understood this at all. Uh, have you, I mean, like, when you would, would you, did you ever have sleepovers where your friends wanted to do this? Like, so you wouldn't be I, sleeping, I don't know. quote, unquote, I feel like next to each other? Be sort of, like, scattered in random directions. There wasn't a lot of coordination involved. Yeah. Like, but it was never, like, head to toe is, is a weird situation to be in. Like, you had to specifically, like, and they, they're, like, talking during all of this. I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird. Um, yeah. But they're discussing, like, Arthur's curious why, how it was living here. Um, and Merlin's like, actually, it was, it was pretty simple. Like, as long as you had food on the table and roof above your head, you were happy. Like, it was no, you know, no big deal. It wasn't very complicated. And Arthur is kind of impressed and horrified at this. Like, you can tell he's got that, like, um, rich person upbringing of, like, oh, well, that's rustic, I guess. Yeah. Like, he's very, yeah. he obviously does not want to live like this whatsoever. But then he's like, so, first of all, he sticks his foot in Merlin's face. Uh, and then he's like, so if you liked it so much, then why did you leave? And and Merlin had a, he has to talk around the issue, of course. And he says he just didn't fit in, any, fit in anymore. And he wanted to find a place where he did fit in. Um, and, and it seems as though with Camelot, maybe he has, although they don't quite say it. Um, and Arthur says, okay, well, tomorrow we're going to start training these men. So go to bed. And the next day, um, everybody is in the hut, kind of putting on their clothes, getting ready to train. Um, Arthur's, excuse me, Merlin's mom brings Arthur some food, and it's they do this bit. Uh, we just saw, we just talked about the same bit that they did. They did the same thing in Lord of the Rings, um, where he's like, "Ooh, this is bad food," and like hands it off to Gwen or something, and she gives him kind of a withering look about this. And I just, we'll talk about it when we get there. I thought this was going to be a one-off joke of like Merlin's mom sucks. Uh, and the way that this is dealt with at the end of the episode is fucking brilliant. And I loved it. I just, it's really well handled. Yeah. It's really well handled. Cause I, again, I, because we just saw this in Lord of the Rings, I thought this was just another joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a joke. This scene, it's supposed to be kind of funny. Um, but when you're thinking about how serious the situation is, um, it's maybe not so funny and they do a really good job of handling that. Yeah. When the whole, Um, when the whole thing that they're being threatened by is uh, we're going to die if we don't have enough food, like it takes on a whole different complexion. Right. And it's, it's very good. And uh, just to get it out, like at the end of the episode, uh, Gwen calls him out for this behavior. It's like, Hey, like these people, food is precious to these people. Like it's, they don't just have apples delivered to their, you know, palace every day. Like you should be more responsible with this. And he's like, and he takes it to heart. He's like, you're, you're absolutely right. Like I'm, I'm being a, a selfish oaf. So it's very good that they, they like spend the time to do that kind of stuff. It's really nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they'll forget it next episode. Of course. hundred percent. Nice yeah. yeah. Um, but after, so that, you know, Arthur kind of gives everybody orders and then he, he heads out. Um, and after they leave, Merlin's mother remarks that Arthur seems to like him and that he's doing this to help Merlin. And Merlin just says, that's because he doesn't know me. If he did, I'd probably be dead by now. Um, which is a pretty hardcore thing to say. And his mother, you know, says, you don't really believe that, do you? But Merlin is, is very uncertain about where he stands with Arthur and where he would stand if, if Arthur knew the secret. Yeah. Um, 
Arthur tells Merlin that they're going to need a bunch of wood to do all of this training. So Merlin heads to the the local forest to cut a tree down with a with a hand axe, um, which I've not played Minecraft, but that seems like a level one Minecraft maneuver. Mm, <laughs> Don't, mm. So you got to level up that axe, my man. Uh, Will follows him. And kind of confronts Merlin of like, hey, number one, you, you, I know you don't need an axe to do this. You could just do it. Um, and then they they continue arguing, um, and we get we get a little bit about their past, about how they used to get in trouble together. And Merlin knocked over a tree with his magic and almost got caught, and all this other stuff. Uh, but this core argument comes into it, it comes up front into the forefront, where Will says, hey, like, I you would rather you could just win this fight with your magic. Like you could do it. And Merlin's like, I, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. And he's like, no, you could. And it's ridiculous that you're willing to let people die and not just give up your secret. Like you're choosing yeah. your secret over people dying. And like, yeah, he is <laughs> like, there's no, you yeah. can't kind of, you kind of can't get around that. Like, and this is something that Merlin has wrestled with. Like, this isn't the first time Merlin has had this thing where people are dying and he can use his magic to help, but he's been told by external sources like, Hey, you can't do this. It's the first time that Merlin himself is like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to do that here yeah. because it would affect a lot of things. With all of the, I guess, lighthearted adventure that this show has, I think they are doing a pretty good job of, of kind of slowly putting pressure on the, the core problem of the show. Right. Um, there is so much that Merlin could do, but he's not allowed to do it. And that is definitely a, a, a big dilemma. And they're using this, of course, this entire episode is to show us that dilemma, to show us where Merlin stands with Arthur. And um, it's very interesting. I'm glad that they're really taking the time to look at this. Yeah. It's it's something that the show does really well, which is balance those like lighthearted moments with like a relatively powerful storyline and, and like some some deep moral quandaries for, for Merlin and Arthur, right? Like Arthur had a decision to yeah. stay in Camelot and let his dad just kind of watch this from the sidelines. And instead he tried to help, he decided to help his friend. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, this is good shit. Um, yeah. We, we start our training montage. This is fun. This is good. Yeah. It's not going very well though. The, the villagers aren't super good at this. Um, it's a bunch of Jeremy's we, we, and Chris's like, out there just have never held a, yeah. a staff in, in their lives unless they were hunting skeletons when they were eight and have not, <laughs> not practiced we, since. Uh, <laughs> we cut in and out between, for, well, we, we take a second to see Morgana and Gwen, they're sharpening swords and they seem, you know, totally resolved to, to fight. They're, they're in it to win it on this. Um, we see more of the villagers. They're doing okay, but maybe, maybe not super great. Uh, Arthur notices Matthew um, and, and he notices that Matthew really, really sucks <laughs> at at this so he's like hey i'm gonna have you organize sentry patrols and you can you know head out and let us know if you spot the enemy and come back and tell us um so you know it i think that shows good leadership in arthur Mm -hmm. um he's willing to spot the weaknesses and turn them into strengths and later on i think throughout this he is willing to listen to the people around him you know at first of course saying i don't want the women fighting with us and eventually realizing you know that's foolish of him and he should listen to gwen and um uh, it, I, again, it, I think it shows good leadership that he's willing to work with the people around him and not just be the stuck-up prince who who says, no, it's my way or the highway. Because we've seen yeah. him be a little bit stubborn like that before. Um, so here it's, I, I think, a, away from the castle, away from Camelot, away from his, like, princely duties. Like, here he is, he's here for as a friend, in, in a way. Yes. Um, not as a prince. And I think it, it allows him an, a, the ability to work with others really well. Um, 
but yeah and this is like this is where um you know at, it's like midday the villagers have been trading all day it's not going super well they're kind of exhausted and just like don't have the will to keep going um and uh morgana and gwen come to arthur with their concerns so like all these men they're already worn out and they're already losing hope but we got all these women here they're standing around they're fired up they want to do something they should be able to fight too um but at, and at this point arthur is still insisting that it's too dangerous he doesn't want them fighting yeah yeah um which is you know it, it that's arthur's thing that you know he's always going to he was trained misogyny first <laughs> like, you know what i'm saying yeah. like he still hasn't come to grips with his own like internalized misogyny a whole lot but there's an extraordinarily thin line between chivalry and misogyny oh dude <laughs> and he absolutely. doesn't really know where he stands on it <laughs> absolutely yeah there's there's definitely yeah and the line is like forcing a woman to wait for you to open the door for them when they do not want you to like that's the exact mm-hmm, point mm-hmm. that you do you realize like oh wait i'm being an asshole here <laughs> what, what did i do right um there's this really great moment that night um and, and before i get into it, i just want to say i really like this episode because of the passage of time in it like it's they mm-hmm. spend days training like I, I really like the way that they specifically show that like it's got a good rhythm sets the pacing for the show really well too um definitely that night everybody is is sleeping and morgana and gwen are talking and they're talking about arthur being too stubborn to listen to him and um i, I can't remember which one uh, I think Gwen asked, like, why did he even come here to do this? He didn't have to. And Morgana says he's the same reason that we did. Like, it was it was for Merlin. And Merlin is, you know, awake listening to this. And it's it's a scene that doesn't last more than maybe 30 or 45 seconds. And just the way the lines are delivered and the way that Merlin's face, like, the way that Colin's face reacts, like, when he hears this, like, it's you could tell it just touches him so deeply, these people that he mm-hmm. has made friends with. Because, again, being outcast from your entire village, um, only having one friend back home that knew who you were, your mom, and then having only Gaius know who you really are, like, and still people believing in you and wanting to help you is a pretty powerful thing. And I kind of yeah. love it. And, and again, I think we focus on the class stuff more than the show ever really will um certainly the show never like takes a good hard look at it they'll throw gwen's dad in jail or whatever because he's poor but um they never really want to like focus on it um but again it is i guess for merlin it is really sweet that these people who really have no societal obligation to care about him to that they do i mean God, i guess they're doing the bare minimum it's just being being friends i don't know why i was trying to make that into something but it's just nice that all these people are there for him yes absolutely um the next day arthur is is, is attempting to develop some strategy of like hey we need to limit their mobility maybe we can get them all in the same place when they begin to hear screaming uh i can't remember if we specifically talked about him sending matthew out for sentry duty i like to set up mm-hmm, some sentries mm-hmm. um but here comes matthew's horse Matthew is dead on the top of it. There's a, uh, a a note stabbed with a knife into his back uh, that says, "Make this, you know, make the most of this day. It will be your last." Um, yeah. Matthew's You're like we kept telling Matthew to use safety pins to just pin the messages pin, to his clothes, not with arrows <laughs> to his flesh. <laughs> Arthur's like, "Are you are, are you buying this as self This is. Are you saying that he stabbed his own back? Is that what you're trying to tell yes, me? He right finally now? went too deep. <laughs> Merlin's like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it doesn't work that way. Pretty not sure. Not self-inflicted. Uh, uh, Matthew's wife comes over. She's screaming. She's obviously upset. Uh, and Will shows up and basically lays the fault for this at 
Arthur's feet and says this the reason that he was out there was because of you you killed him you're going to get all of these people killed and he begins to talk to the villagers and say like he's you're you're going to be slaughtered like we're not ready for mm-hmm. this we can't fight for this we should leave we should avoid this fight and it's it's a it's a strong argument and I'll, you know you can kind of get caught up in this because like on one hand like there's a part of me that's like I don't want to fight the guy from Game of Thrones. I just want to get out of here. <laughs> like I don't know. I just want to leave. And there's a part of me that like wants to have that hope. Um, and it's so cool that in just like the next scene, we're gonna see Arthur like struggling with this as well. I love it. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, way better than it has any right to be. Um, but yeah, Merlin goes. Uh, he goes to talk to Will after this all happens, and and Will is like packing up to flee the village. He's getting out of here. Um, and Merlin tries to convince him to stay and fight, but Will is like, dude, you could save us with your magic. You could save us all, and nobody would have to go out and fight and die. Um, but you won't. So you're you're letting us die, and and that's kind of like their breakup scene for them, um, because the next thing we see is Merlin kind of dejected, going to sit with Arthur who's angrily sharpening his sword because he's already starting to lose hope as well. Yes. Um, this is where Merlin reveals to Arthur that Will's father was killed while fighting for his king. Um, and because of that, Will does just doesn't trust nobility. He blames the king for his father's death. And look, um, like, let's think about that for a minute because, uh, you know, Hanneth had to go to Camelot to get help and Camelot said no, but she had to do that because her own kingdom would not protect her. Like they're there because of this, like this, this idea that the nobility does not care for the peasantry, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. why Arthur is here is because he's helping a friend because nobody else would help these people. So I I feel like Will is absolutely right in not trusting Arthur because I I think the further into this episode you go, the more and more, you start to side with Will. Of course, you yeah. don't like know and love Will the way that you do the other characters, but he really does have a have a point. His he's justified in his actions, and he kind of, I mean, he shows up anyway. So Will's kind of MVP. Yeah. Um, and I'll, and it's it's I had written my notes when Merlin and Will were talking for the second time when he's like, you know, I'm not the one abandoning these people, Merlin. You are because you're not using your magic. And it's like, AKA the worst person you know just made a great point. <laughs> like, it just has to feel mm-hmm. like oh, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong, but also like you're just wrong, like one of those things. Yeah. Um, but this is where Arthur starts to wonder if maybe Will has a point. Maybe these these people aren't ready. You know, he's treating them like soldiers, but they have no clue how to fight. They have no clue how to defend themselves. Um, and he sh- says maybe he should just let them run. And um, now it's it's Merlin who insists that they stay and fight. Um, Merlin's mother overhears this conversation as well. Um, but Merlin says that if they just believe in the villagers, if they if they give if they don't let them lose hope, then then they'll still have a chance to fight. Yes, um, and you mentioned the mom listening to it. That's crucial for something that's going to happen later. Uh, I like that Merlin still believes in the cause, um, and he it's obviously affecting him a little bit. Like you can see that he's grappling with this idea of revealing his secret to Merlin on so that he can save the, the townspeople, so he can save the villagers. Um, yeah. They gather the villagers together to to again and arthur's like y'all should get the fuck out of here and gwen is the one that stays up and says like absolutely not like we're gonna stay here and fight and the women are gonna fight across the men fight with the men um because you know we need every single person that we can get and this flips arthur and he's like you know what this is your choice this is your village i don't have the right to tell you to leave or fight but if you're gonna fight i'm gonna stay here with you uh, the only reason that dude is out there is because he, the only reason he's fighting, the only reason Kanane is fighting is because he wants to kill. 
And that's why he'll never never defeat us because you were fighting for your family and your friends and the very right to survive. Uh, real just like hoorah kind of speech right now. And yeah, big time let's fucking go energy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, And it's surprising. Like, We've seen Arthur in these like quasi-leadership roles. Like just in the last episode mm-hmm. of him encouraging, um, I don't remember the first knight that died to the um, knight with three skeletons inside of him. But uh, Elaine. Yeah. Um, he, you know, giving him advice and, and wanting to protect his knights. And the, But this is the first time I think we've seen him like be kingly in any kind of way. Yeah. Right. Like he, inspire and, and again, the people. that goes back to he's, he's listening to other people. Uh, he he takes Gwyn's advice that the women should fight as well, and then he gives this this rousing speech because he understands. Even though we've already seen the self doubt, we've seen that he he maybe doesn't believe in the cause as much. But but Merlin um, motivated him, helped to keep him motivated to motivate the, these people. Um, we I don't know if Arthur believes in them or not. It but it doesn't matter because he he knows that Merlin does, and he and uh he he wants to support that so it's a it's a it's a kingly moment I like, and i like to think too that like gwen and morgana have something to do with this of just like yeah seeing them willing to stand beside these people like fed his own because his original instinct was to protect everyone like he argued against will's you know desire to leave but then he kind of let that self-doubt creep in and then it was gwen and morgana that really and merlin that like really sealed him it was like okay fuck it let's do this we're absolutely yeah. going to do this yeah. um after everybody is chanting, you know, for Al Gore or something, I don't, I don't know if it was Al Gore or who they were. I could not pr- figure out what they were saying for the life of me. I'm sure it was like the name of their village it's, or whatever. It was not El- Eleanor or yeah. I, I wrote it down, but I don't remember what it is. It, yeah, it, it's the name of the village. It was not Vice President Al Gore, though. Who, who ended it the wasn't internet. Al Gore. Yeah. Unfortunately, he was not able to make it. Um, but yeah, later we see Merlin speaking with his mother. Um, and she reveals that she sort of feels regret for going to Camelot for him because um she's like merlin i know what you're planning i know you're going to use your magic um and i'm and i'm ruining everything for you had a good thing going and now you're gonna you're gonna use your magic and arthur's gonna know and that's gonna be a problem Uh, and merlin of course he says if it comes to a choice between saving people's lives and revealing who i really am there is no choice absolutely of course he's of course he's gonna help people and he has to go on the run or whatever then sure but he says if arthur rejects him then then he's not really the friend that that he hoped he was and again, just like the depth in this episode, um, there's this like level of emotion that Colin is portraying as he, you know, is acting as Merlin, where when he delivers that line of like, if, you know, Arthur rejects me, then he wasn't the friend that I thought him to be like, he's already like kind of defending himself against that hurt. Like he wants to believe that Arthur will still be his friend, but he is willing to do this to save people and also knows that it will break his heart at the same time. Like he, he is just right. like encompassing a bunch of emotions at one time like protecting his family revealing his secret also just like the nightmare of facing mounted you know <laughs> brigands <laughs> that, that sure, want to yeah. kill you for your food like it's a everything else aside yeah. there are men trying to murder them <laughs> yeah regardless of all of his interpersonal conflict that dude wants to kill me um and it's and it's it's a, it's a lot it's i mean it's a whole lot and he i mean again colin fucking kills it as, as merlin um yeah, I'm glad that they're leading into this a little bit because she spends so much time like flirting uh, and and just going on wacky adventures that I'm glad that they're able to still circle it back and 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 bring some some seriousness to it. It's a very lighthearted show overall, but that doesn't mean it can't have drama. It doesn't mean it can't have real character moments, and um, it's really great to see that, especially in an episode that's so full of action. Um, 
an episode that's you know it's like seven samurai it's the story that gets retold in every western um it's, it was a mandalorian episode where you know cool guys come in they train the village the village defends themselves it's it's a simple story um but they use it to a really great effect here yeah absolutely um we the next day uh gwen brings food to arthur um and he kind of looks down and kind of makes this face we talked about this very briefly earlier but um she this is the point where she chides him for not eating the food like you know hey that these people this is important to these people this is what we're fighting for you shouldn't just like throw it away so easily and then she kind of trips over she's like oh yeah i forgot you're the fucking crown prince. I yeah. sh- I, I'm a servant. It's like telling your boss to fuck off, and then you're like, oh, sh- yeah. shit. And then, then she stumbles um, on herself, and she's like, I'm sorry. I shouldn't speak to you that way. And then he has to stop her, and he's like, look, no, no, you, you were right. And not only that, you were right before. You and Morgana, I should have listened to you. Um, I shouldn't have been so stubborn. Um, and then there's this moment, which, again, is kind of like half flirty and also half inspiration, where he says, where she says, you know, we're going to be fine. We're going to get through this. And he says, how can you be so sure and then she says, because I have faith in you. And then she kind of stops, like, because we all have faith in you. Um, so just a really nice it, moment. This, I really like this moment mm-hmm. because take aside any kind of um, flirting or a romantic interest um, or even just friendship. It's such a heartfelt thing. And you can tell that Gwen really does believe in Arthur. Um, I think she has no ulterior motive. She's not trying to cover her ass for talking shit a second ago. When she says because I have faith in you, you can, you can tell she means it. And it's really nice. Absolutely. Um, and he's taken aback by that. He feels the effect of those words too. Uh, this yeah. isn't just some random servant. This is a friend. Yeah. This is a person. This is a person saying this to him. Um, and I think that Arthur a person, their dad almost killed for yeah, doing magic four episodes. Of ago. course. Of course. Um, Arthur <laughs> Who hasn't Uther tried to sh- execute though? Let's be honest. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. Arthur lives in the shadow of his father. And I think that he, I mean, um, he said last episode that he, or, or the episode before that, I don't know. He always feels like a disappointment to his father. Um, and, and so you can see having, having faith of people or in, or having the faith of pe- people around him, it, I think means, means a lot to him. Yes. Um, we skip over to Arthur and Merlin kind of preparing themselves for batter, battle. Uh, Merlin, you know, does the usual thing of like, I'm going to help Arthur put on his armor. And Arthur says, no, um, you know, put put on your own. And like, this is a moment where they are not prince and servant. They are just two people about to go out and fight a fight and try to protect people. Um, there's this mm-hmm. moment of equality and to kind of hammer it home, Arthur extends his hand and they like, clasp their hands together um, yeah and arthur even helps merlin put his yeah. armor on mm-hmm. and they're here they're equals and it, it is interesting to think about like they literally left the kingdom um they're in they're in a place where arthur is not a prince and it's and it takes that for them to like it's like taking the mask off or whatever you know they can finally be equals they can finally just be friends and even if it's only this this fleeting moment it's still it's very nice yeah it's good and he says you know it's been an honor uh, it just makes me really love these two boys. Like I just, I just genuinely, it's these kind of moments that I think it's, it's part of the reason we like supernatural. And it's part of the reason we could podcast mm-hmm. about it so much. Um, and then it's, it's, it's the same reason I think this, this show kept coming up when we talked about like, what we were going to follow up supernatural with, because, uh, it, it's, it's just like these, it's the, it's the interpersonal relationships between these two people. And in this case, it's more of an ensemble cast than supernatural is. And then some cases in supernatural, like the core relationship between Sam and Dean kind of broke down and would, would 
be fixed over time but it was these emotional moments these these moments mm-hmm. of like yes <laughs> let's like you said yeah. let's fucking yeah. go right like it's those kind of moments he, that i and, love and it seems like we're almost about to get something here because merlin says whatever happens out there today please don't think any differently of me um and i think arthur first thinks this is like a joke like oh yeah you know it well or you know hey it's okay to feel fear you don't have to be ashamed you, you know this is this is a big deal um but then he starts to maybe suspect wait that's not what you mean and he and he says you know merlin if there's something you need to tell me you, you should tell me now um and that's when morgana comes in and interrupts them to let them know God. that the enemy has crossed the river they're here it's it's brigand time what a time to, for morgana to come out from behind the curtain to, and say hey, hey yeah. guys i'm in the room <laughs> y'all were having an yeah. emotional moment i didn't really want to like, it's like she's been she's been behind the curtain like waiting for like them to be um uh, she's as much of a shipper as anybody. Yeah, she was else. waiting Let's for them to kiss, and when when she realized they and weren't going to kiss, thinks, she... she thinks that they're about to, and it's almost like, wait, no, I can't actually. I can't, like, oh, that's that what it I is. Can't I can't, see I can't, if it happens, it's too much, and I won't be able to go out there and fight. You guys can't kiss right now. Yeah. Kiss after the battle. Like, it's seeing the thing that you actually want for real. It's like no, it's no, no it's better in my imagination. I can't. Yeah, I can't. It's I can't. Absolutely <laughs> too much. Um, they begin to prepare for the battle. Uh, the brigands start coming out of the trees. It seems like there's a lot more of the brigands this time. I appreciate that new wrinkle that we've just developed for Morgana's <laughs> Morgana just really being pro 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 Murther is gonna be that's gonna be a lot. Yeah. She's like an inappropriate shipper, meaning like she knows them in real life. Like the next They're her friends. The next uh the next episode the next issue of her zine is definitely gonna have like a picture of them kissing on the back and like they're gonna be like, What the fuck? Who is who is writing these making these zines? This is weird. Yeah, who's doing that? We're real people, we're not characters. <laughs> <laughs> it's inappropriate. Um, the brigands Great are coming. Photos, though. Uh, the brigands are coming. Arthur is telling everybody to hold uh, because they have cleared the town out. And as the brigands get inside, uh, Gwen um, cuts a rope which lifts a gate up behind them. We see Morgana trying to like light something on fire. Of course, she's not able to do it. But obviously, this was the plan to limit their mobility to keep them in one spot. Why make the one person who's never had to light a to fireplace in their life? Do yeah, this? she was wearing pants, and and Arthur was like, "You're yeah. wearing pants. You can do anything, right? Like, it's no big deal." You can deal. do anything. I'm firmly of the belief that you could do anything while wearing those pants. Have her chop the thing. I know that Gwen knows how to light a spark. Absolutely. She works for a blacksmith. Yeah, she works for a blacksmith, and she's like, you know, the personal aid to Morgana. She knows how to light yeah. a candle or twelve. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, finally, Arthur signals. Uh, well, Mer- Merlin rushes over, distracts Morgana, lights the stuff on fire using magic. Uh, the fire races over and kind of encircles the um, and traps the brigands. Uh, this is when Arthur signals and the villagers all rush out and the fight begins in earnest. There is this. Everyone charges in, and I, I was trying to keep track of the body count. I know that Morgana. Like she kills like three guys like right away. It's, awesome. it's like a one, two, three, like spinning, slashing. Like I'm like, okay, Morgana. It is <laughs> amazing. Morgana You can't just kill people. <laughs> Morgana, like, is just so incredible in this scene. So is Gwen. Gwen and Morgana like get a solid like Well, I know that Gwen, like, she's fighting. She whacks a guy in the back of the head with a shovel. That's not a confirmed kill. Um I know Merlin at least got one kill. Yeah. The, There's at it, least one. He cuts a guy's stomach open. That's a, I mean, there's no blood whatsoever. No. It's very yeah. tame. But all like because of the way they do like the full across the the body slashes mm-hmm. that take these guys down. 
all I can think is that they've just like slit their bellies open the most painful way to die. Like just awful stuff. Yeah, just to I think I mentioned this in the last episode. I'm rewatching Game of Thrones right now and to like compare and contrast. Like in Game of Thrones, like they would be stepping in intestines at this moment, right? Like they yeah. like yeah, blood yeah. and blood and awful would be just splattered on the ground. It would be gruesome. Like but in this case, Morgana's just happily like zipping through people like she's playing fucking dynasty well, it's not dynasty yeah, warriors. She's she's sort of like an anime samurai right now. Yeah, she's, yeah. She, like, I was, I was, that, whatever that game is that everybody plays where like huge mobs try to kill you and they put yeah yeah, yeah she's it, just like flashing through them and then nothing happens until she puts her sword back in her sheath and then everybody and collapses all, in half and then they all fall in half yes yeah. absolutely it rules it absolutely yeah. rules morgana looks great gwen looks great Morga- okay amazing. so we've established that morgana's an anime swordsman okay 100 percent. yeah um Berlin is also doing his best. You mentioned he killed, he stabbed somebody in the stomach, and then out of nowhere, this dude's coming with a horse, uh, and Will jumps, uh, f- seemingly from nowhere, and tackles this dude off the horse, saving Merlin, um, which is great. Um, and as they're kind of as they they both stand up, they look around, and they as it, it, at first we thought that this fight was like the villagers had it, but now the fight is turning. Now we see these brigands start to kill the villagers. We start seeing them mm-hmm. get knocked down and we realize like the shots start showing us like oh they actually have fucking like sticks to swords right like they yeah. this is it's not, not good a, it's yeah. not good um, um and and will says like you got to do the thing like you have to do it and merlin's like thing. okay i'm gonna do it he says there's too many of them and merlin says not for me they're not for me uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe That's you're doing DBZ shit on the podcast. I'm, you're banned. I'm banning you from, Listen, from this podcast. regular normal guys like Dragon Ball Z, okay? I don't you think that that's true. It. That's your problem. I have, I have literally never met a normal dude that's like into dbz it was yeah, always because you're old wow wow i bet i've met you dude what are you talking about you're not you're not normal and you're into dbz what do you mean i'm the most normal um <laughs> how many no, anime right. figures are within your grasp right now oh uh oh 10 at least 10 minimum 10 yeah that's not normal cuz <laughs> that's kind no um no um it's fine dbz is fine i don't really care so uh where were we? Merlin's, Merlin casts a spell. I, I, when you made no sound, I immediately lost confidence in the bit. <laughs> Can you not hear me? Did I go away? When I started Kamehameha, I got embarrassed a second into it. <laughs> you were like, I can't go with you there. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, not, not, doing I'm not doing the Kamehameha with you on, on the thing. I've never seen it. I would I would feel like a pretender. Like I absolutely feel like a pretender. <sighs> Unbelievable. Um, so he's like, okay, I got to start conjuring magic. And... Um, he conjures the most normal thing you can do, which is a tornado. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't care really because whatever, whatever. Um, but like, it does seem like the weirdest spell to do, and it also, I think, is a great example of uh, how Merlin. And I hope we we see this lesson, and I think we do, uh, like really get cemented in, which is that he can't quite. He doesn't really know. He's not an expert wizard right now, right? Like he he can no. do magic instinctively, but when he creates this tornado. It doesn't just like knock the brigands off their horses. It kind of knocks everybody around, including Morgana mm-hmm. and Gwen. And it's a prime example of like when Will asked him, like, you could just take out everybody. And he's like, I don't know. Like, yeah, he could take out 
literally everybody. Like he doesn't have the precision and the control to like use his magic effectively in battle yet. You see um, this dude, and I I know you see this dude who like falls off the horse and he gets his foot caught in the stirrup or whatever. Oh, I have and a he's whole just getting thing. dragged along dude. behind him, and then they they cut away, and then they cut back, and this stunt double still getting it's still getting drunk. I, I I have a whole thing about this in my notes because I noticed it and I was like, this guy is great. Like they spent some time, and it made me wonder, was it an accident? And they just yeah. filmed it, like. like this guy hurt yeah (laughs) is this dude okay because he's being drugged by a fucking horse like it's it looks pretty vicious to me like it's pretty bad uh it was so extra dude i I actually i'm so glad you brought it up because i I was gonna bring it up in just a little bit he looks hurt he looks really hurt so fucking extra we we don't even know that he was a brigand other than that he was on a horse that's the only that's the only way we know um Eventually, the villagers seem to recover from the tornado uh, quicker than the brigands do, and they they chase all of the brigands out of the village, and it's victory, and people start also, celebrating. Also, Arthur witnessed all of this. It was just a little windy, so he didn't have, maybe have a clear view of who was doing what, but he knows something just happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He sees the two of them standing in front of this storm that appears from nowhere. Uh, yeah, and in fact, he goes over to... Um... Oh well, okay. That's a, no. that's an, First, that's the the, bit, yeah. the the raiders are driven off. The brigands are driven off, except for the leader who comes back, and he's like, "Okay, Pendragon, one on one, you, me, let's do this now. One v one me, no spells, bro. One v one me, one v one me, bro." And it's a fight. Uh, this is a really Arthur's, good fight. Arthur specializes in one v one. Yeah, this is this was a bad idea. I I can see why Kanane wanted to do this, right? Like he's mad, a and like he sees Arthur, who is just a young buck, and he's like, "Oh, I can definitely kill this dude. This dude is no no problem." Um, like the music that starts up is real, like percussive and great. Like they start hammering on each other. It's very very cool. Uh, Arthur knocks his weapon out, but. Uh, Kanane like is able to knock Arthur back and pull a sword out of a dead guy. Very cool. Very dope. Uh, love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, eventually Arthur is able to overpower him and, and stab him and he collapses dead. Uh, and instead of celebrating, he just immediately marches to uh, Merlin and will and demands to know which of them created the storm because he knows magic when he, when he sees it. And of course, both of them are kind of caught flat footed Merlin is about to speak when Kanane, who has just a little bit of life left in him, grabs a crossbow. Saves the day. <laughs> as uh, sh- tries to shoot Arthur, but Will, out of nowhere, pushes Arthur aside and takes the bolt uh, in his stead. Um, almost like, just basically dying um, he was sa- and saving yeah. Arthur's life in the process. Um, but he says, that's twice that I've saved you. Um you know, they get him up the Brigham side, but yeah, he says to Arthur, that's twice I've saved you. And he's like, what are you, what are you talking about? I've definitely never noticed you do anything helpful before. Um, but he's like, no, it was me who used the magic. And um, Arthur is incredibly confused to learn that this dude's a sorcerer. Um, and so he's like, what are you going to do, kill me? And he's like, no, no, of course not. Of course not. And he just tells Merlin to, to do what he can for Will. And then he, he walks away. Um, not just, by the way, not just him everybody leaves and I, I only call this out because it looks so ridiculous that like they're like nope that dude's dead everybody leave like don't take his shirt off and look Class at the wound dismissed. see you later everybody, go. everybody but merlin out of the room please close like you know his mom probably lives in the village mm-hmm. right like his like, his mom's yeah, like no, nothing, nothing you and merlin got this, don't, this 
See you later. Because Merlin works for Gaius, so he's the only one who should be in the, the room. Only, um, only one. Morgana steps in. She's like, I'm the most heavily medicated person here, so um, if you need anything, I got a purse full of stuff. <laughs> like, Morgana, that's not a brag. That doesn't... Morgana, is that why you're killing people with such ease? You just don't feel anything? That's a, She's like, that's... yeah, Gaius has really done a number on my mental health. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard of this, Lexapro? Yeah, there's there's something troubling brewing inside of me. <laughs> I've got problems, and Lexapro takes them away. Yeah, um, um, Merlin watches yeah, this, this kid die. Um, yeah, and he says uh, that Merlin's a good man, mm-hmm. but then he kind of switches to the "I'm scared" part. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Dude, he says that you know this place has been born without you. It's great to see you again, and then immediately all that bravado disappears, and he gets scared, and then he dies. So Merlin is like, "What the fuck, bro?" Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's very sad. They uh, they give a funeral pyre pr- him and presumably all of the rest of the villagers that have been dying. Like I don't, I, I can't imagine they would waste this much wood for like one dude. But I don't know. Yeah. Um, Arthur, there's this weird lingering moment with Arthur who is watching the funeral pyre uh, next to Merlin, and he says, "You know, did you you knew that you know was this he what says, you were okay, going to tell me? He was me? a good friend, but did you know he was a sorcerer?" And then says, "You shouldn't have kept this from me, Merlin." And then just walks away. Uh, and it's it's, it, it, I mean that's, I think that seals the deal for Merlin of like, oh, I am not ready to tell Arthur. It's not a Arthur. definitive like, I would have killed him or anything like that. But you can tell there there is a there's a wrath there from from Arthur. Um, of course, there's the shock of there being magic, there being a sorcerer and all this stuff, and then there's the the frustration or, or anger that that Merlin didn't tell him about this. So yeah, I mean. But it's how how else can Merlin interpret this other than like he's furious that there was a sorcerer and he he he'd kill me if I tell him you know yeah. like he's assuming the worst of everything and I think he's you know there's justification for Merlin to to be worried. Yeah, uh, Merlin's mom comes over and says, uh, "You need to you need to follow Arthur. Um, Arthur needs you, and you need him. You're like two sides of the same coin, uh, which is of course something that the dragon said to Merlin way back when." Uh, and she says, you know, when you left here, you were just a boy. Um, but now look at you. Look at the man you've become. Um, and when the time is right, the, the truth will be known. Uh, and then our last scene of the episode is our little uh, our little quartet uh, riding towards the mountains, presumably riding back to Camelot. Uh, and that's the episode. And then that's the episode. We, we get the preview for next week's episode, which is Arthur kills a unicorn. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I always turn the previews off, but I saw like the first 10 seconds and it's just him slaughtering this beautiful creature. I love it. I, I remember, I didn't, I thought this episode was, that episode was going to be way later. So I'm, I'm very excited to see it next week. Um, what, what a great episode. Like, I feel like this is something that happens with our podcast, Chris, where we, we, we think we're going to go into something with a lot of jokes and then all of a sudden it's like real emotionally serious. I'm like, we care about it a whole lot and we get to pull it It's apart. also funny because I'm looking at the at the, my runtime and it's like, that was a pretty short episode, all things considered, because it, it was just good. You just move through it and there's so much action and there's so much scenery and there's plenty of stuff that takes place in forests and fields, but I think being away from Camelot for the whole episode gave this episode a unique feel. This yeah. one definitely stuck out in my memory from the episodes that I'd previously seen um because well first of all you're seeing everybody fight in like you know Gwen and Morgana we don't usually see them in these settings um uh, but then just the setting itself being away from everything it's a great episode and and like how much different stuff do we deal with right like um yeah. each individual character 
goes through a bunch of stuff like Arthur and Merlin specifically um, less so with Morgana and Gwen like they were more the catalyst for things to happen but they were so badass being the catalyst that it was like I can totally overlook if they don't get like actual development like we get a and little bit of this that's with... a great way to use an ensemble cast like hey yeah. maybe they're not getting mm-hmm. character development in this episode but there's they're getting some fucking cool action scenes to make up for exactly yeah like if you can't you know if you can't you know, have their whole character change in 45 minutes at least let them kill a bunch of dudes with a sword right like, i would take one or both in any time yeah. um but also like arthur like the the decision to leave camelot come on his own um his decision to help his 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 stubbornness his understanding of his stubbornness his his doubt in himself and then regaining that confidence um the leadership that he shows and then flip it over to merlin who like is battling with this overall moral quandary and also like not knowing if the people that he cares about the most in his life would accept him from being him also coming back to the place that literally rejected him and there's a real funny note on the wikipedia for this episode uh in the trivia section it said that nobody not a single one of the villagers uh (laughs) acknowledges that merlin exists except his mother and will excellent excellent (laughs) and it's just like you get the idea and the the wiki is like goes on to say like oh it's probably because you know merlin had troubles and he so everyone just ignores it i'm like i don't I don't think that was it. I mean, I don't think that was intentional at all. I think they just no. had, they just didn't have speaking roles. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's funny. But, no, there's a lore reason for it. It's not just that we didn't pay these extras to do anything. <laughs> but it, it is a very, makes for a very funny moment of like Merlin coming home to a, to a village. Like even if he's there to, to help. To one he, guy talking to him. It, it, but a village is very cold to him because like yeah. they literally ran him out for being a magic user. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a really, really deep and layered episode for, of fucking television for Merlin season one. So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, any last thoughts? No, great episode. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for all of our patrons over Patreon.com/slash Monster of the Week. Uh, we really appreciate all the people leaving ratings and reviews and talking about us on Twitter and sharing the episodes with their friends. Uh, we've had some people do that recently, and it just it never ever fails to make me happy. So thank you very much. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week with Unicorn Murder. Unicorn. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Test. Wait, I didn't test my mic. Test, test, test. Okay. Test. One, two, three. Test. Okay, I'm good. Hey, do I sound... <laughs> I can tell I sound different in here, right? You can. Is there a difference no. in my voice? Not at all. I um. We moved the bed out of our office today, mm. uh, and we we've been talking about doing it for a long time. The mattress is hella old or whatever. We want to put in a um um elliptical machine in here, but I forgot that the bed is the thing that absorbs most of the echoes in this room. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh, I don't hear any echoes. So okay, I'm sure. Bro, I'm next to an open little... window. Okay. <laughs> Like, professional i'm a good Pro podcaster i've had like i've had six years to rectify these issues professional how you doing chris uh i'm okay you know busy day busy life which is my least favorite kind of life yes <laughs> agreed agreed, agreed did i tell agreed. you i'll go to another wedding soon 
you mentioned it, but I, I mean, I don't believe you because I can't, I, there can't be any more of your friends that are single and that yeah. need you to be, and, are you in the wedding or are you just attending the wedding? No, I'm just attending the wedding, which is good. It's been a while since I've been able to just attend one without having to be in it without a huge production. Um, you know, as an, as an, uh, antisocial misanthrope, um, you know, going to weddings has definitely become a challenge. This one, I forgot to RSVP to, I could have just said, Hey, no, <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah. you know sent mm-hmm. a gift, and and I don't think anyone would have cared, but I didn't. I forgot because my sister's wedding just happened, and I was so worked up about that. And when I don't want to deal with stuff, I tend to just not think about it, um, which is not good. But I, I forgot to RSVP, so the dude had to follow up. And he was like, "Hey, man, just let me know when we're the other." I was like, "Fuck, my bad, dude." And so I just said, "Like, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll be there." And now I feel very obligated. No, again, nobody really cares, and I'm sure we'll have a good time. But I just don't like deal with stuff. And I've been doing a lot of stuff recently. I'm a podcaster, you, you know. Been... I'm supposed to stay indoors. I'm court ordered to stay indoors. It's true. It's absolutely true. By, by the podcast um, lawmakers. I just realized my. I just realized my Xbox is downloading stuff right now. Ah, is that why I am cutting in and out? Yeah, probably. I mean, you broke up like four times there, so I'm guessing. So okay, because... once again, foiled by gamer stuff. I see. No, that's okay. I have my new router that I bought to fix all of my other stuff. Uh, lets me pause, so I just paused my Xbox downloads from my router. Oh. So fuck off, oh. Xbox. Isn't that nice? Um, do you have to spend the night? No, actually, since my uncle is um, still staying with me, he was like, "I'll drive you. I pick you up." <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't care. I was like, hell yeah, it's not that far away. So, oh, okay. um, so you so that means you a, can drink, but you don't have to like like. Are you dressing I don't have to up? Get an Uber? I don't have to stay anywhere. I, don't, I mean, I have to wear a suit, and it's going to be in the nineties, which is going to okay. be tough. Well, that's ridiculous, um, right there. First it's going to be off. very warm. Uh-huh. First of all, for May, it should never be in the nineties. I would argue it should never be in the nineties. Uh, full stop. Period. Mm. Agreed. But, but, uh, but alas, um. I didn't mean to start talking about my future plans. What I meant to start talking about was the trailer for the CW Supernatural spinoff show, The Winchesters. Yeah. The trailer just released as of today. And what a trailer it was. <laughs> do, you, do you think... I'm really... Really, well, okay. To preface it for anybody who's listened to this who hasn't watched Supernatural, who's not into it, they're doing us. They're doing a prequel spinoff of of the TV show Supernatural, following um, the parents of the main characters of Supernatural. Okay, so we got we got John and Mary Winchester. Their mm-hmm. stories have mm-hmm. been told, mm-hmm. but via awkward Dean Winchester voiceover in this new trailer, uh, we learn that no, their story hasn't been told. The it's 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 via an awkward Jensen Ackles voiceover. I don't think that sounds like Dean Winchester. It doesn't. It does not sound even a little bit like Dean. Uh, It made me a little uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, It it reminded me of something that somebody said about the finale. Uh, And apologies if you're listening to this, and I I don't remember who specifically said this, but there was that scene in the finale where like, or maybe not the finale, maybe like the episode before that, the penultimate episode where Jensen and. Jared are like sitting on the table and they like clink beers together. I think that's when they show like all of the people that got like carved in the table or whatever. Um, and it just look it doesn't look like anything like Dean. It looks like Jensen. Like it looks like he's saying goodbye and not the character. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. and it sounded like that to me. Like it sounded like Dean Winchester talking. Uh, the 
the whole cast is 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 fine. Like these are obviously brand new actors. Like they don't. I I sort of wish it wasn't John and Mary. If if this was just like a hey, it's a story set in the supernatural world at a different place in a different time. Um, I think I'd be a lot more interested in that. Of course, you couldn't call it the Winchesters. You couldn't involve Dean or anything. Um, but I'm when the parts of it where I'm just like, yeah, this just looks like a shitty horror movie type thing. Like, and I'm into shitty horror movies, so I could totally roll with that. Um, but because I know it's centered around the Winchesters, I'm like, hmm, I don't know how well this is going to play out. Also, the very, very, very modern sense of humor for something set in the 70s or 80s, whatever it is, um, that always is, is sort of off-putting. Yep. Um, the the slapstick, uh, like, there's a scene where it's obvious that John and Mary have just met one another. They're fighting a demon. Um, and John Winchester is like throwing punches and the, the, the demon is ducking the punches and John is hitting Mary in the face and she's like, oh, come on, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, a, a character who already has a really, really bad <laughs> reputation amongst the fandom about being abusive, even if we have no evidence of him being physically abusive, there are people who are um, very much like against this dude. Yes. <laughs> and the yeah. first thing that they do... <laughs> Is a, is, is a is having is, punch Mary like, just Winchester full in the, the chin. The elbow to the back is pretty is pretty gnarly. Like that looks like uh-huh, it hurts. Uh-huh. But it, because he's not looking, it's an accident, and he goes, "Oh shit, I'm sorry." Um, that almost works. But then they got him also just full, full, <laughs> full knuckle punch to the chin, and she rolls back to because you know she's not hurt at all because she's a super tough badass. That's what we're communicating here. But it's also it's just really bad optics to start this off with. <laughs> I want to I want to put on our supernatural lore master hats for a few minutes and 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 Merlin fans just just roll with this this is outtakes if we're probably this is probably going to be like ten or fifteen minutes of conversation at least so, it's not Elden Ring again at okay. least it's not Elden Ring or video games that everybody tells us they don't care about <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, I I think everybody is hung up on the fact that uh, John didn't know anything about the world of hunting until Mary was killed by the demon right. Um, and then he, after Mary died, he began researching stuff. And then that's how he discovered like this new world of hunters and supernatural and all this stuff. Whereas in this trailer, this three minute long trailer, which we're going to have to talk about how long this trailer is at some point, but um, cause I did not expect it to come this fast. Uh, this three minute trailer, we see him brushing off a book that says men of letters on it. We see him fighting a demon with Mary Winchester. We see him meeting other hunters uh, that, that, that's, that are Mary's friends. Uh, all of that stuff, like to me shouldn't be there, but then I was actively trying to think about it. Where in the show does it actually in the show that the original TV show supernatural, does it tell us specifically that John didn't know anything about this? Uh, Cause there's the one thing in season one where I think they meet Missouri for the first time, where uh, Dean and Sam go to like the auto place that John worked at. And the guy there is like, he started acting, asking all these crazy questions or, or whatever. But that doesn't actually tell us that he didn't know. It just tells us that he started asking weird questions to people that he right. didn't know. So I'm curious if like it actually will fit in with the quote unquote canon of the show. So yeah, if, if, it, if it's going to fit in, then it, all it does is help us to illustrate just how abysmal john winchester was um as both a father (laughs) and as a hunter that if he had all this experience if he had this wealth of knowledge this network of people that he was connected to even if it was just in the past um if if we're establishing this base 
that means that him and his little diary going around season one and the rest of the boys' lives in between, um, it just really, really illustrates how how bad he was at his job, how ineffective he was, how how much he was not able to get anything done in in twenty two years. Um, so it's really just painting him as an as a very elaborate failure. The only other thing I can think of is when we've gotten some of the flashback episodes, we see young Mary make her demon deal with yellow eyes. Mm -hmm. And obviously eventually that led to Sam being, you know, taken or whatever. Um, at that point, maybe we could assume that John no longer knows what's going on. Maybe there's going to be an event that sort of takes, wipes that away from him in some way, shape or form. Or this show is just going to explore like a super specific case. I don't know that, but it seems like we have werewolves and demons and all sorts of mm -hmm. stuff in it, so that doesn't really make any sense either. Um, and if yeah, it... I, it's it's going to be hard to to reconcile. I think. I mean, I guess unless unless they are, of course, like accounting for all of this and prepared for these questions. Um, that is a hell of a long trailer. I assume they just filmed a pilot and then broke up the and pilot. And broke up the three, pilot. Three that trailer. makes a lot of but, sense. Um, I, um, yeah, they've got some explaining to do. I'm curious because I'm curious when this thing is going to be released. Um, because just for I like, it's this, I think it's this fall. He said that is fucking ridiculous. That is crazy. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I thought that they had said like, oh, such and such picked up for um, you know the fall season, but yeah, um, I, I could be thinking of anime seasons. The fall is stacked for anime this year, Jeremy. Oh, really? Okay. Well, that's yeah. that's good to know. <laughs> I um, I'm also like it's a three and a half minute trailer, uh, which you're absolutely right. I didn't even think about them just making a pilot and cutting the pilot into a trailer. This is all pilot material. Like we're meeting the characters mm -hmm. for the first time. You're absolutely right. There's no. They have recorded one episode of this. They have filmed one episode of this television yeah. program. Um, the the other thing to me is just like the weird music in it. I know it's a trailer. Uh, but I've really expected them to fully lean into like classic rock, considering the mm -hmm. the basis for this. And the trailer is is just a trailer. But like I did not why you would cut a show in the seventies based in the seventies with like a fucking dubstep song or whatever. Right. It was. I know, I know so... you can't license Led Zeppelin, but you can you can get some royalty free music that kind of sounds vaguely like Led you're, Zeppelin. You're the like... CW. You can <laughs> license some stuff, dog. Like nobody yeah. like I mean, there's a lot of bands in the seventies that you could do that you can license that's not like quote unquote that's not exactly Led Zeppelin, right? Like right. it doesn't right. there's a ton of rock band. I bet I bet King Crimson would let you use anything. If you just like if you <laughs> just like the, the only the only exchange is that they're like you have to explain what King Crimson crimson is like when you if yeah. you're going to use this in the trailer you have to explain it to who we are to uh, to, to your young audience because then everybody's going to understand this is this is going off topic but did i ever tell you i was in eighth grade or something i was at the mall and um some guy comes up to me and he's like hey man i like your king crimson shirt and i was like oh it's a crimson king shirt like the crimson king from the dark tower i had found I, it was a um a forum called the dark tower dot net uh -huh, that uh -huh. i would go on and they sold t-shirts for Stephen King's Dark Tower. Um, I think I still have that t-shirt somewhere buried. But anyway, I'm at the mall. This dude is like, oh, it's King Crimson, like the band. And I was like, I know what you're talking about, but that's not what this is. And he's like, what do you mean? It says it right there, man. <laughs> um, and I was like, they, but it's not what it says. <laughs> and then he starts talking about like, what's your favorite album? Do you listen to this? And I'm like, why are you talking to me? I'm 13, brother. <laughs> 13. I don't, I'm not into prog Leave rock yet. I haven't taken I like Green Day. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I haven't taken advanced calculus. I can't get into prog rock until I pass calculus, yeah. okay? Come on. Calm down. 
just like, didn't understand that it said Crimson King, not King Crimson. Uh, King Crimson. That's very funny to me. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know, man. Like, uh, it's hard to get a vibe off of a trailer. Uh, this trailer left me pretty fucking cold in general. Uh, it seemed like very much a CW project, and for I've, I've liked CW projects. Don't get me wrong. Like, I've watched a bunch mm. of The Flash and Arrow and some other those kind of shows. I. Watched one episode of Walker and Bounced and will never, ever watch that show uh, unless somebody pays me a lot of money to do it. And even then, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I value my time too much nowadays to watch Walker, uh, the, the, the copaganda TV show. I This looks very much aimed at that mysterious audience that CW thinks that it has for Supernatural. that <laughs> doesn't actually exist, I feel like. it just It just feels like the target audience for this is maybe more focused on on the teens but the teens who wish they were born in the 70s which is a really small yeah, it um, feels to me like it circle. i mean this is not me being um i don't want to feel like i'm i don't want this to come across as me feeling like condescending to anybody that a enjoyed this trailer like i don't want to i'm not going to take that away from you but it feels like it wasn't even marketed at teens because i feel like teens are way cooler than this i feel like it was marketed sure, sure, at sure. like 12 year olds who want to be 16 <laughs> maybe so maybe so yeah i don't know i i really don't i, I didn't hate the trailer but it left it, it did leave a very little impression on me and my my biggest thing coming out of it was wouldn't it be cool if this wasn't about the winchesters if this was its own thing in yeah, some way yeah. shape or form wouldn't it be cool if it um, because was like just i said i like crappy horror movies i can i can dig a crappy horror show but if it's gonna try and tie it around characters i don't necessarily really like that much um then I don't know. I don't know how it feels. I mean, I guess we'll probably have to cover it, right? I mean, yeah, I guess. That was the other thing as I was watching this trailer and going, well, this is six months of my life. Like, this yeah, is a 22-episode right, right. with, a you know, maybe a commentary episode You know, 15 seasons later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, well, what if it gets renewed, right? Like, am I... Yeah. <laughs> when you're in your 50s. At what point... <laughs> still hung up on this. I was actually going to ask you about this because, like let's say that this show comes out and is like, we cover the first season, right? Like, I feel like we probably have that in us. The timing may work out so that like we finish Merlin and we just pick this up and go with this. Right. Like that are like not promising anything to anybody, but like we finished still as kingdom keeps in less than a year. And then maybe the show is out by then. So we just pick it up with monster of the week. And we roll with it. But what happened? Like at what point do we pull the plug and we're like, we're not going to cover the show. We hate it. Like how bad does it have to get? Like, what do you think has to happen to, for that to, to occur? God, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it would be like, I think it'd be an ongoing conversation. Like, I feel like we cover it week by week. It's already out there. Mm. Maybe we've already watched it, but like, we, we just, we just watch it like every single week. We're like, well, are, that's, we, are am, we doing the next one? I will one? not. Are we doing I will the, not watch the show out of anything other than obligation. Okay. I will not be watching the show in my free time. Okay. You're not going to watch it twice. I think that'll be an interesting... I think I'll watch it as it's coming out, and I will tell you. And then at the end of every episode of Monster of the Week, when, we, when we're when we doing the Winchesters, I could just turn to you like, Chris, do you want to watch the next one? And you could say yes or yeah. no, and that will end oh, okay. the podcast if you say okay, no. Okay, okay, okay. Wow. Okay, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm game. I'm game for that. That's hilarious. Uh. <clears throat> yeah, who knows? Hey, you never know. You never know. It could end up really finding... Yeah, it's absolutely. Voice, yeah, but yeah. I, I am worried about that because it's going to try to be a supernatural prequel. It has baggage to it because of that. And so that means that it has to live up to a certain standard and has to you know meet a certain expectation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it might fail horribly in trying to do that. Whereas if it went to do its own thing, it might have more success. But I don't know if they'll really like let it do that. So only time will tell. 
it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, I, it, to be honest with you, I hope it's successful. Like I, I want all of these shows to be successful, like because it means that a bunch of people get to work, uh, and that's and that's good in television land. I um the thing that is the most interesting to me is Jensen's involvement, like his direct involvement, and his um, he has responded to some questions at various cons with uh, when people ask him like, how is this going to work with the existing show? He's like, oh this that's been the most interesting part to develop, like working within the canon of the existing show has been the most interesting part of this to me, and I'm like, oh mm-hmm. well if you're gonna do like if you're really going to get into the nuts and bolts and like you're going to do some like really interesting stuff around all of this uh, around time travel and mind wiping and stuff like that like maybe there's something like that is not going to be present in the pilot that that could be there so right it's you know very possible that that dean or maybe even dean sam would show up in an episode they're time traveling they're undercover you know or we see something in the future that was affected by something in the past or maybe castiel will show up like they can really pull anybody that they want there's and a, just explain it away there's a like blink and you miss it shot at about a minute and uh someone in the discord said it hold on um oh they must have removed it it was a minute and something uh where it's like it just a it looks exactly like the shot of castiel walking into the barn from 4-1 um and they're like, why is this in here? Like, they cannot tease us with Castiel. They cannot do this to us. Castiel should not be anywhere near this. He's got other things that he is doing. We know he's not going to be in the show. And I just, oh, Supernatural, you're never, you'll just never learn. All that Supernatural likes to do is play off of the extreme expectations of its fan base. Um, the expectations that it has never fulfilled, it has never lived up to. And yet, these poor people still open their hearts to this pain it's gonna be horrible um let's uh let's let's talk about merlin and i might <laughs> i might just cut this into a bonus episode of monster of the week and then release it and just have it be in the outtakes as well <laughs> why the hell not well, yeah sure you just cut out the part about me talking about the wedding nobody wants that <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm gonna leave I it in there all right this episode's 12 minutes long but i'm i'm, I'm curious to see what their reaction is why the fuck is chris complaining about a wedding what is, what is i don't understand on? what is it what is this episode no preamble this is I, why i quit listening to this fucking podcast <laughs> that's why i deleted it all off this my dude app does is complain. all right let's uh let's talk about Berlin. <laughs>